NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Man, it's been an unbelievable year with uh, the wins, and uh, golly, I'm, I'm, I thought it was over there when <laughs> Truex was out front, and and uh, we needed the caution and got a good pit stop, and got a, guys did a heck of a job on pit road, but I thought if Kyle got out front, he'd be hard to catch, and uh, but it's been unbelievable. I'm so proud of him and the team and the whole organization. I guess, what's that, 18 wins, 17, 18 wins? That's hard to believe in this competition like it is. But real proud of all our guys and Chase and just uh, everybody worked hard. And uh, we're going to enjoy this one. This is, this is special. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we welcome all of you to the offseason. We've got lots to talk about. Lots has happened over the course of a season, including Phoenix and the week thereafter, but lots still to come. We've got a two-part interview with your championship-winning car owner, Rick Hendrick, coming your way. We'll also look back at the 25th anniversary of the last time the five-car won a Cup Series championship. The championship-winning crew chief, Cliff Daniels, will stop by. Plus, we'll get a head start on 2022 by looking at all of the movement in silly season so far and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, we are just over a week removed from the checkered flag falling on the season at Phoenix, but teams are already geared towards 2022. On Tuesday morning, Jack Roush and Brad Kozlowski held a press conference at the Charlotte Motor Speedway to announce that Roush Fenway Racing is now Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing, or RFK Racing for short. In addition to the new team name, they unveiled the new logo. Kozlowski and Roush both said that the announcement meant much more than a new name and logo. Passion is, uh, it's really peaked out. All of us are super excited about what we've got going on here. Uh, but with that, we want to first acknowledge where we've been. Uh, the six car has been in this sport now for uh, almost 30 years, and, or just past 30 years. 
with Jack Roush. And, uh, you know, I think you see this car, it plays some homage to it, that the six logo. It's inspired by the original six, which means a lot to me with uh, Mark Barton and what he's done. The team also unveiled the car that Kozlowski will test during a two-day test session of the next-gen car at the Charlotte Motor Speedway on Wednesday and Thursday. The car pays homage to Mark Martin by returning to the font and the number six car that he started with at Roush. The green color scheme also honors the partnership with Fenway Sports Group. In other news, 2311 Racing announced their crew chief lineup for 2022. Booty Barker will remain crew chief for Bubba Wallace, while Kurt Busch reunites with his former Stuart Haas Racing crew chief, Billy Scott, on the number 45 team. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Steve Post will sit down with championship-winning car owner Rick Hendrick for part one of their conversation. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hendrick Motorsports is one of, if not the most storied team in the history of the NASCAR Cup Series. Last weekend at Phoenix, Kyle Larson notched another championship for Mr. H. Our Steve Post sat down with Rick Hendrick to discuss his decision to bring Kyle Larson into the fold and the magical, and the magical season it produced. And one final shot for Martin Truex Jr. to try to get to the back bumper. Here they come for the final time as Larson leads to three. And here he comes now, absent a year ago. He's back now, and now he is a Cup Series champion in 2021. Kyle Larson across the line. He will win in Phoenix, and Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Joining us now is the team owner for Hendrick Motorsports, now a 14-time Cup Series championship team. Rick Hendrick is on the line. Hello, Mr. Hendrick. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. So a year and a half ago, you're working on getting Kyle Larson to drive for your race team. You put this together. You, you, you figure it's going to be good, but when we look at this season, 10 wins plus the All-Star race, 2,500-plus laps led, five of ten playoff races. Mr. H, did, did you think it would be this good? No. Uh, you know, I knew he was a heck of a talent, and and, and Cliff had a good team. But uh, when you can win ten races in this sport uh, and the All-Star race and the championship, uh, that's a uh, that's a fairy tale season for anybody. So uh, I'm real proud of of Kyle and Cliff, but uh, boy, has Kyle done a job this year. Are there, I, I agree with you, I believe we all knew he was super talented, uber talented, if you will, but are there things that uh, that you've seen from him, you've learned from him and working with him this year that, that, that have uh, specifically or more so impressed you? Yeah, you know, you, 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 a lot of people were saying that all these races that he runs, uh, Dirt races are a distraction, and I've watched him in the debriefs, and I watched him in the shop when he comes in, and he just focuses on past races and setups that the other cars have run, and what we did last year at that particular track, and spending time with a lot of time with Cliff, kind of laying out a game plan. Man, nobody spends any more time focused on the cup car than he does and uh and i've just enjoyed watching his heart when it comes to charity and 
going to uh, these food banks and just a really neat guy and I, I knew his talent. I bumped into him on pit road. We were doing the motors for Anassi so I had some, some time with him but getting to know him and his family and uh, his dedication to whatever he's doing. Uh, I've been so impressed and some people said you know he couldn't close and man he showed that he can close. He takes care of the car and uh, you know I've, it, it's just he's just proven to everybody what a talent he is. You mentioned his short track passion and that's such a big passion of his and, and, and I've had a lot of fun with Cliff over the years talking about or over the year talking about it um, were there? Did, 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 you, did you actually get a chance to tune in and watch some of his races in the other in the other disciplines? Oh yeah, I started. I sponsored him, so that's right. I yes. was one of the sponsors on his car. Yeah. So I was trying to find all these different stations to to watch it or listen to it. And um, yeah, I was I was as, as excited at the Chili Bowl as I was, and, and some of these other races he won, big races. As I was, it, it was just like him being in a cup car. I was pulling and, and on the edge of my seat and come on, man. And uh, no, it, it's been really, I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, who knew stations like Dirt Vision and Flow Racing would be part of our uh, part of our lives, but uh, they, they, they really bring it home, that is for sure. Um, been amazing, it really truly has. Mr. Henrik, you have been so good historically at pairing people. You have uh, Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham, uh, Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson and all the success. What did you see with Cliff Daniels and his program and Kyle and his racing uh, that you that you figured might work for these two? Yeah, you know, when I when I made the deal and hired Kyle, he was the first thing he asked, who's my crew chief going to be? And he had some names of people he'd worked with in the past. And I said, listen, this young guy, you look at what he and Jimmy did toward the end of the season. He's built a really good team. He knows our programs, and uh, you know, you need to you need to talk to him. So they they visited, and uh, you know, Cliff was just as nervous when he was losing Jimmy Johnson. You know, who's going to drive my car? And I kept it in the dark for a long time. <laughs> I said, "Don't worry, you'll be happy." And uh, but uh, when they two got together, it was just magic. And I could see how dedicated Cliff was. And I watched him with Jimmy, and I was super impressed with what he was doing there toward the end of the year. And, and, uh, and I just knew the way the four crew chiefs worked together, that if, if Larson was in the car with Cliff, that that would be a good combination. So. Uh, sometimes you, you hit on it, sometimes you don't, but uh, but this is one that really has been spectacular. Listening to their radio conversations during the race, and I know, I know, Mr. H, you, you monitor all of your teams when you're there. It is such a unique combination because you never hear shock, springs, air pressure, anything else. It's it's almost like big picture strategy is, is, is what those two talk about. Their conversation during the race is so unique. It really is when you, Cliff doesn't waste a lot of time with a lot of chatter. He just is very precise in what he says. And I think the reason you see them that pointed in their conversation at the track, they've talked about it back in the shop. They've talked about what they're gonna do 
and qualifying. He's talked about what he's going to do to the car and, and the, the, what they've learned on the cycle on the tires. And uh, it's it's been remarkable the way they plan a race. And uh, you know you can have the best plans in the world, and then you have to call an audible. But um, Kyle doesn't talk a lot, but he tells him you know what the car is doing and Cliff's watching it and looking at the times and the tracker and what he sees the car doing where he's lifting and how deep he's driving and what what lane he's in and and he's already kind of run that through his head before they have a pit stop and you'll hear him tell him hey you know you can do this the other one of the other cars is, is driving a little bit different than you are making up some time and you see Kyle uh, just moved right up there and started doing it. So um, you think after listening to them, they've been working together for years. You would not think that this is the first year together. Coming up, we'll hear part two of Postman's conversation with Rick Hendrick. And later, we'll look back at the 25th anniversary of Terry Labonte's championship in the five car. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Kyle Larson won the championship at Phoenix, but Hendrick Motorsports as a whole won nearly half of the races in 2021. Is this the best HMS has ever been? Here's part two of Steve Post's conversation with team owner Rick Hendrick. Alex Bowman up off turn number four. Looks to Shannon Bednarik, sees the checkered flag in the air, and Alex Bowman wins the Drydeen 400 at the Monster Mile in Dover. Bowman with an impressive win. The 28-year-old from Tucson, Arizona, picks up his fourth career NASCAR Cup Series win. Kyle Larson will finish second. Chase Elliott third. William Byron fourth. And Joey Logano fifth. A one, two, three, four finish for Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports. When you look at Hendrick Motorsports as a whole, uh, 18 wins this season, all-star race and 17-point wins. Kyle with 10 wins, Chase with two wins, Alex with four wins, uh, William had one win. How good is this four-driver team combination? How does it stack up against some of the great combinations you've had in the past? When you look at all four, as long as I've been running four cars, I've never had it this good. Uh, William could have won two or three races. I mean, he was very close to advancing here in the, the final eight when he was in at the roll and uh, and you know he uh, somebody told me if he had finished he'd won that day he would have only had to finish get six or eight ten points uh, in the race in Martinsville so I mean looking at what he and Rudy's doing they're great uh, when you look at the balance of the laps led across the organization the wins across the organization 
I've never had four cars capable of winning and running up front, let alone run one, two, three, four in a race. I think we had 33 times that we had uh, a car either first or second. I mean, it, it's just um, unbelievable stats. And But the chemistry there between the four crew chiefs and the four drivers is just unbelievable. Uh, when you think about uh, all the combinations we've had, we've never had the teams working this close. We say we got one team with four cars, and I'm just super proud of that because the people, I can't make them do that. They got to want to do that. And Chad Knauss being there in the shop, touching all the cars, um, it, it's been a year that I would dream about, but I never thought we would get that kind of balance where I'm not telling one sponsor, hey, I'm, you think I'm not giving him the same stuff, but he's getting, he's getting the same equipment. So uh, I haven't had to answer that question this year. Finally for you, even taking this to a little bit broader scope, last year uh, you mentioned Chad Canales moved to the vice president of competition, Jeff Andrews last year, executive vice president, general manager, all working around Marshall Carlson, who's, Carlson, who's been such a rock as your president. Midway through this year, you announced Jeff Gordon as vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports. You feel good about the four cars, the driver crew chief combination. My hunch is you probably feel pretty good about the management team as well. <laughs> I love, I'm a, the management team is rock solid. I mean, Marshall is, he is such a sharp guy. Everybody respects him. And then you look at Jeff Andrews, who's been there promoted up through uh, the engine shop and running the, the you know, the, the now the, you know, general manager and then Chad in competition. Then add Jeff Gordon, a four-time champion that's got all this energy and loves talking to the young drivers and being in the middle of it. So I, I kind of stand back and watch and say, man, this is this is very good, but don't mess it up. <laughs> so it, I, am, I am really happy. I just hope we can keep the band together and everybody in places they are. Uh, Jeff's just going to get more involved. Um, Andrews is getting better and better every day. Marshall, uh, just I'm, I'm just like you said, and you got a guy as sharp as Chad Canals managing the four cars in the shop. Uh, it's you know we've got a really good situation going on there. Keep the band together because they're making some awful good music. That is for sure. Yes, that's right. Mr. Hendrick, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on yet another championship, and thanks for joining us here on the Motor Racing Network. Well, it's always fun. I just love seeing you on pit road, and you do an awesome job. I see you get as excited as, as, as we do, and uh, <laughs> we want to thank the fans, and I hope the fans have a good offseason, and we appreciate them and appreciate you. Thank you, Steve. Coming up, we look back at the last time the five-car won the Cup Series championship, and later we sit down with championship crew chief Cliff Daniels. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 25 years ago, a battle between Hendrick teammates, Terry Labonte and Jeff Gordon, ended with the five-team hoisting a trophy. Let's take a look back at that historic season for the Iceman. When people think of Hendrick Motorsports, they often think of the memorable years of Jeff Gordon in the 24 car or Jimmy Johnson driving the 48-7 to championships. 
but the Hendrick Motorsports legacy started with the number five. In fact, if Jeff Bodine had not won the spring race at Martinsville in 1984 with the five car, those moments with the 24 and the 48 might never have happened. Yeah, that race traffic will not be a factor. Bodine gets the waves from the crowd. He waves back as he looks for the checkers. He's been waving all the way around. Here is Bodine winning his first race ever in Winston Cup competition. He'll win the Sovereign Bank 500 in a very popular win. I don't think there's anybody in the grandstand that isn't standing waving their hats off to this young driver. Well, you know, I, I was I was talking to Jeff Bodine, and number one, I thank Jeff because uh, if he hadn't won that race in Martinsville, yeah. there would be no Hendrick Motorsports. So. Yeah. And uh, so that the five was our first number, we got our first win. That was only the eighth start for the team. Bodine drove that car until the 1990 season when Ricky Rudd took over. After four years with Rudd, Hendrick turned his focus to a certain Texan. I feel like Moneyball when we did Terry Labonte. Um, Jimmy Johnson, the, not the driver, but Jimmy Johnson, the general manager, took all the stats and he spread them. And he said, you know, the guy that's won on short tracks, uh, road courses, speedways, and he has, he's won a championship, and he's just uh, 36 years old or something like that, Terry Labonte. And I said, are you kidding and so we, we talked to Terry and hooked him up. And, and I knew they had the, par, the pieces and the people to win a championship, you know, and they just hadn't done it yet. And I said, man, I should know that. I mean, that's, that's a, the place. And if you can go there, you know, I think you got a chance to win a championship. Labonte won three races in each of his first two seasons with the team. But in 1996, something even bigger took shape. Labonte found himself locked in a season-long point battle with teammate Jeff Gordon and Dale Jarrett. Gordon's 10 wins got most of the headlines, but Labonte, known as the Iceman, was consistent and competitive every week. He even held off a hard-charging Gordon for an early season victory at North Wilkesboro. One more chance, one more lap around for Jeff Gordon. White flag comes out for Terry Labonte. We'll watch him go down into turn number one. Labonte protects the inside groove. Gordon can't get underneath him there. They're out of turn two. All Jeff Gordon can do is follow his teammate this time. Down the back straightaway. He is right there within the room to take advantage if the lane is opened up. But it's not. Gordon falls in line, follows the tire tracks for the last time of Labonte. But Gordon will not be able to do anything with Terry Labonte. His car breaks loose off of turn number four. And Terry Labonte is going to start consecutive race 513 and finish it in fine style he'll be in victory lane as winner of the first union 400 throughout the year labonte and gordon traded the points lead multiple times before a late season win at charlotte seemed to put labonte in position to win his second championship but two weeks later during a practice session at phoenix labonte suffered an injury that left his status for the final two races of the season in doubt. No, uh, a lot of the attention this morning in practice being focused on uh, Terry Labonte as he uh, was uh, working in his race car to try and get comfortable. Terry did break a bone in his left hand in that practice crash he had here yesterday morning when the throttle hung on the Kellogg Chevy. If you kind of uh, hold out your left hand and uh, reach below the knuckle on your, your index finger to that bone just below the knuckle, kind of where you would squeeze between your index finger and your thumb, that's the bone that Terry broke. And I think about uh, Terry crashing at Phoenix and breaking his hand and I remember being in the hospital and no way he's going to be able to drive cars destroyed and so he goes out there with a broken hand and a backup car and gets the job done. 
Labonte remarkably drove from deep in the field to a third-place finish to retain the points lead heading into the season finale at Atlanta. Entering the final race of the campaign, Labonte, Jeff Gordon, and Dale Jarrett all had a shot to win the championship. Gordon and Jarrett both had solid runs, but the consistency of Labonte led to a dream day where he won the championship as his brother drove to victory lane. For the final time this afternoon, Bobby Labonte is on the backstretch, and Volteri Labonte heads for the championship. Bobby Labonte heads for the checkered flag. Bobby Labonte slowed by some lap traffic in front of him, but Dale Jarrett will not have enough time to catch him, and it will be a Labonte family day in Atlanta. Bobby Labonte wins the Napa 500. Three car lengths over Dale Jarrett. Here comes Terry Labonte off turn number four. He will finish fifth in the race, and Terry Labonte is the 1996 NASCAR Winston Cup Series champion by 37 points over Jeff Gordon. Congratulations, champ. Thank you very much. And I'll tell you what, it's just a, just a great day for me, for myself personally. And uh, I just know it, all of these guys on the Kellogg's team at Hendrick Motorsports, it was a great, uh, great run for us, a great season. And uh, I never thought it would take me 12 years to win another championship, but uh, we finally did. And it's just, uh, just a great feeling. Labonte won a total of 12 times in the five car and was behind the wheel until the 2005 season. Throughout the years, Kyle Busch, Mark Martin, and Casey Kane all scored wins in the five, but the car number took a three-year hiatus after the 2017 campaign. That number returned this season, and Kyle Larson's dominant year brought the five car another championship, 25 years after Labonte had done so. It was something that meant a great deal to Mr. Hendrick. Colors in the car for my, my sons and uh, the number and uh, and I just, um, when I see it on the track, my wife and I really, it just means so much to us to see that car, that number, and that paint scheme. If the Hendrick organization and Larson continue firing on all cylinders, the five car will be a strong contender to find its way to another championship. And it likely won't take another 25 years to see it happen. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, we sit down with Cliff Daniels, and later, we look at all of the movement so far in Silly Season. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. A lot has been made of Kyle Larson's dream first season with his new team. Crew Chief Cliff Daniels is a big part of what made that transition go so smoothly. Steve Post sat down with the now champion crew chief. We talked to you in March. You were just a race winning crew chief. Now you're a championship winning crew chief. I, I can't imagine. I, I, I can't imagine. What's the aftermath been like since Sunday at Phoenix? It's been uh, a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, to be honest with you, it hasn't sank in. Um, and, and I don't know that it will for a while. It was uh, such a special year for us. Um, and, and of course, to end it the way we did was even more spectacular. I don't know that we were the best car on Sunday, but uh, our, our team came through an amazing pit stop at the end. Um, that was exciting. And uh, yeah, we went and, and partied after the race and uh, definitely, definitely had a hangover the next day, but, uh, <laughs> but, but all good now. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to be rolling for 2022. Yeah, no doubt. It just keeps going. That's for sure. That race, um, that pit stop at the end, um, what is what is that like, Cliff, 
to be part of a moment like that. You know, it's so special because uh, it's a testament to the work that our guys have put in all year long. Um, and, and the coaches here at Hendrick Motorsports, not that all teams aren't putting in the work and, and doing the homework be because they are, uh, but, but our guys, you know, I, I could tell at the start of the season, there was a really special bunch. Um, their, their chemistry, their um, communication, the way they work together in practice uh, ha has been really special. And we've uh, had some, some very solid races, our guys, um, have been in the top two or three on pit road all year long. And, and I'm sure that was kind of a moment, uh, you know, that's like, you know, two outs, bottom of the ninth, full count, you know, down by three runs, bases loaded type situation where I'm, I'm sure as a pit crew member, you can only ever dream of yeah. uh, because we came down pit road fourth out of the four playoff cars uh, and came out first. So, so really they, they hit a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth and, and ultimately that's what won the race for us um kyle did a great job on the restart but if it weren't for the the spectacular pit stop uh that it was and getting us out front you know i don't know that our day would have ended the way that it did you and i talked on this program back in early march uh you were just gotten the first win it was uh, between uh, vegas and atlanta i think is what it was um how is uh over the course of this year how has Kyle Larson as a driver, how has he evolved over the course of this year and just honed his craft even more than it was when we talked in March? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that, that stand out to me. I remember some conversations that we had at the beginning of the year um, where, of course, there was our acknowledgement of, of how fast he can be and his own acknowledgement of having great races in the past. Um, and for one reason or another, not being able to execute at the end of a race and, and whether that was a restart, a pit stop, an adjustment, whatever it was, um, without going into to detail on that, because we didn't at the time, we just said, okay, well, if, if, you know, execution is something that has kind of stood out to you, that, that you feel like you need to do better, or, or you know, the team needs to, to make sure that we own and, and, and do our part, um, we're gonna add into our routine a little bit of extra time and emphasis on what does it take to execute? What does that last pit stop look like? What kind of adjustments do you need to talk about in advance that you could need late in the race, whether it, it's a long run, a short run, you know, whatever it may be. How do you strategize yourself as a driver behind the wheel? How do you see the field around you to know who's strong, to understand strengths and weaknesses that you have to go fight against? Um, we developed that all throughout the season. And I think a little bit of that, you know, kind of framework of how to think and how to strategize ourselves in terms of execution. Um, we see him, you know, kind of do naturally on his own at, at dirt tracks. And, and mm -hmm. of course, winning a lot of races, you know, kind of lends itself to, man, you're, you're definitely executing. You're definitely getting it done to take home the checker flag. But I think he learned a lot about himself. And we certainly learned a lot about our, ourselves as a team together uh, through those conversations. They continue to evolve. And so then, you know, when we won our three or four races in a row, technically it was four weekends in a row, three points races plus the all-star. Um, and, and then we had the flat tire in the last turn, the last lap at Pocono. Um, we were able to, to look at ourselves then and say, okay, you know, th there's definitely a lot of good things that, that have to go right, but we're understanding more and more about ourselves to be in position, right? And, and to be in position, you, you may not always bring home the checker flag, but at least you can be there and have a shot at it. Uh, that just carried with us throughout the year. And I really think that carry carried with him. Um, and, and he certainly learned and evolved and, and was very, very good at closing out a race 
uh, especially in the second half of the year. I think Rick Hendrick would be the worst person in the world to get as far as uh, one of those Christmas exchange things, because what do you get the man that has everything? And, and Rick Hendrick has everything and has provided everything for you guys. What does it mean, though, for you to deliver him something that a championship as part of that team. What does it mean to deliver that to the man who has everything and has done everything in the sport? It means a great deal. And and I think uh, the more time that goes by, you know, the weeks after after this, it's going to sink in a little more because I've heard it said a lot this year. Um, and, and, and I know what it means to him, but, but to kind of see it all play out, um, maybe in the rear view, for what this paint scheme has meant to him over the years, being Ricky's, you know, paint scheme, the card number um, that was so special, to, you know, to the family, um, and, and and just that the story that was bringing Kyle back, giving Kyle a second chance in the sport, um, and in a way, kind of giving our team a second chance because we didn't always do the best job with, with Jimmy his last two years. Certainly left a lot to be desired for performance. Uh, or, or at least results on the track. There was a lot of times that we had performance, we just didn't get the results. So in a way, he, he kind of gave our team a second chance. He gave Kyle a second chance, um, put this paint scheme back on track, put this this car number back on track. Um, and, and then we had just an incredible year. And, and as we all know, with the format of the NASCAR playoffs, having an amazing year is no guarantee that you're gonna come home with the big prize at the end of the year. Uh, and, and of course, we were very well aware of that going into the, the playoffs and especially the last uh, race of the playoffs, that uh, to bring it home the way we did with with all the different storylines and all the different angles. Um, I, I, again, I, I, like I said, I think as time goes by, it's going to get more and more special. And, and it already is right now, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think it's really going to sink in hopefully what this year meant to us and, and to, to the boss, because I know it was a big deal for him. Thank you, Steve. Coming up, we'll get a silly season recap and later this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's that time of the year, silly season. We have former champions on the move. We have multiple promising rookies moving up. Let's take a look at all of the new faces in new places with our very own Dan Hubbard. The NASCAR silly season seems to start earlier and earlier every year. Normally, the weeks after the championship race is when details about off-season moves are revealed. But for 2021, the silly season is all but done. We know the major moves and who is going where. Here's how the garage will look next year. But we're here to announce that uh, Trackhouse Entertainment Group and Trackhouse Racing has purchased the NASCAR operation of Chip Ganassi Racing. Trackhouse has acquired all of the NASCAR assets of, of Ganassi Racing, including all the equipment and its two charters. Um, Trackhouse will take ownership of the assets at the conclusion of the 2021 racing season. Uh, Daniel Suarez, who is a currently a current driver for um, Trackhouse Racing in the number 99 Chevrolet, uh, will continue as one of our drivers, and we will be discussing uh, a second driver at a later date. Um, which is a confirmation that Trackhouse Racing will be fielding two uh, full-time NASCAR Cup Series entries uh, starting in 2022 and moving uh, deep into the future. After the major announcement of Trackhouse buying Chip Ganassi Racing, both Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch needed to find rides. Trackhouse only had one spot to fill, tapping Ross Chastain to join the team and be Daniel Suarez's teammate for 2022. 
Kurt Busch kept his plans behind closed doors for a bit longer, finally revealing he would be joining 2311 Racing and becoming Bubba Wallace's teammate. Wow, what an incredible opportunity. Thank you, everybody, for joining in this morning. And to see the power of the people in this call today and the representation of Monster Energy, Toyota, and to have 2311 as a team that is now moving the needle in the sport of NASCAR, asking me to drive for them. Uh, this this ultimately comes down to the, the, the power of friendships, the opportunity of timing, and the will to win. But Denny is the one that really started to, to create the traction for this opportunity, and there's so many people to thank. 2311 scored their first win in 2021 with Wallace, and team co-owner Denny Hamlin has full faith that adding Kurt Busch to the roster will elevate the program. To have a, someone with championship pedigree, winning pedigree coming in and help us build, us build this program to where we want it to be. And when I say build it, that doesn't mean that, you know, we, we don't expect to go out there and win. We do. Um, you know, my vision and Toyota's vision and uh, the vision of all of our partners are very, very aligned and uh, can't wait to, to get to work on this. Uh, this takes us to the next level. And I believe that, uh, you know, Kurt and his experiences will help, you know, raise the elevation of our team uh, beyond what uh, anyone else could. After some shuffling at Penske, Austin Cendrick will be driving the iconic number two car in 2022. You know, driving the two car for, for Roger and Team Penske certainly comes with a great responsibility and, and, and obviously great heritage. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate the kind of words Mr. Penske shared about my career, my progression, but I, I wouldn't be here without without Roger, without all the people at Team Penske, you know, for, for the last however many years I've been developing myself within this sport and I've obviously come a long way and it's been it's been a lot of fun and, and, and to be able to tackle this head on and obviously have a partner like Discount Tire uh, along with us and, and, and sticking with, with our company and, and, and with me behind the wheel of the car, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Although Cindric was previously slated to move into the 21 Wood Brothers car, circumstances changed when Keselowski announced he was leaving Penske. Roush Fenway Racing and Brad Keselowski will be starting a partnership in 2022. And this is an unbelievably unique arrangement for us. And it's something that in our mind kind of solidifies and fortifies our future and guarantees that we're going to be at the top and trying to excel for decades to come. And so the transaction essentially has kind of three pieces. Uh, that's why we kind of say it's a little bit different than the, the normal arrangement that we've entered into in the past. And the first is that Brad will, will be behind the wheel of the number six car starting in 2022 and will pilot that vehicle for, for years to come. He will also be purchasing a minority ownership stake in the company. So along with Roush Industries and Jack and the Fenway Group, that triumvirate will lead us from a strategic perspective for years to come. And then very importantly, Brad will also be assuming a leadership mantle at our organization. Uh, even while he's driving, he will be on the, the competition committee. And then once his driving career runs its course, whenever that may be and whenever he decides that that's the time, uh, he will shift over into an even greater role leading our competition side. The rumors about this move were everywhere, but it was more than anticipated. Brad Keselowski will be driving for Roush, but also setting himself up for a post-driving career, something a lot of current drivers are doing. So if Austin Sindrick is moving to the number two car, who will be driving the Wood Brothers in that legendary 21? Well, that would be Harrison Burton. The 21-year-old joins the Ford camp after being with Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing thus far in his career.
A new addition to the Cup Garage will be Colleg Racing. The Xfinity Series powerhouse announced they'll be racing full-time on Sundays and bringing familiar faces with them. I want to announce our first full-time multi-year for the Cup Series, Justin Haley. Justin Haley will drive our car in Cup next year uh, and and years to come. Multi-year deal with Justin. Justin has been in our family for now three years. Now we know he's going to be here much longer. Obviously, everybody's sitting here going, is A.J. Allmendinger going cup racing, right? Is A.J. Allmendinger going cup racing? Well, A.J. Allmendinger has bought into college racing, everybody. I want to be very clear about that. He is part of us. He is part of a lot of decision-making that we, we have. We sat down with A.J. Allmendinger and had a lot of conversations, and we feel like A.J. deserves another shot at going for Xfinity Championship. So he's going to go for another Xfinity Championship in 2022. Uh, so he will be racing in Xfinity Series along with a bunch of cup races yet to be determined. In addition to Colleg, GMS announced they're going full-time Cup Series racing for the first time. The Truck Series heavyweights called on a driver with Cup experience to man the wheel. Ty Dillon is back racing in the Cup Series. First of all, I'm just un- unbelievably grateful for the opportunity. Thanks to Mike and, and Maury Gallagher, uh, their support and and their dedication to the sport ha- has been unmatched over the you know their kind of start in the truck series until now the way that they have led their programs with a winning passion and doing it right over the last year it's been pretty tough not knowing when the next race is going to be or if the next race is going to be my last um, but um, you know I've just had good faith that um, if I'm supposed to be in the sport the, the right opportunity is going to come and uh, man I, I feel so great about this chance to work with Mike and, and Maury and their their great team at GMS they have a winning tradition in the truck series uh, they got a young, uh, experienced group of, of employees at the, the team that we're going to be able to pull that winning tradition up to the Cup Series. So um, I'm so unbelievably grateful to get to, to race in the Cup Series again at the highest level. While this covers almost everyone, there are a few names we're still waiting to hear from. Ryan Newman doesn't have a ride for 2022 after the Brad Keselowski news. Matt Benedetto is looking for a full-time ride after Harrison Burton is taking over his spot at Wood Brothers. JTG Doherty Racing will not field a second car next year, putting Ryan Priest out of a ride. There are still some possible open spots. Spire Motorsports is expected to have a second car, but no announcement yet. Colleg Racing has a part-time ride open when A.J. Allmendinger isn't driving, and Front Row Motorsports hasn't announced who their second driver will be. So, silly season isn't over, and some surprises may still be in store. Thank you, Dan. Coming up, another edition of This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits for this week's NASCAR Live. But before we do, it's that time of the week again, friends. It's time for this week in NASCAR history with Susie Armstrong. Susie? Thanks, Mike. 1980. No one was playing the game better than the British rock band Queen. As Another One Bites the Dust held at number one for three straight weeks. 
The infamous Calvin Klein jean commercial with Brooke Shields was a little too blue for CBS, with executives banning the racy ad from the airwaves. An attempted murderer reveals her identity as we finally found out who shot JR on the primetime soap Dallas. And Benny Parsons was gunning for the win in California, nabbing the lead with eight to go in the LA Times 500 at Ontario Motor Speedway. Parsons has the lead, and they are side by side coming down the back straight away for second spot. Ponick puts his in front of Yarborough as they go battling down to turn four. The leader, Benny Parsons, his last time through turn four on his way to victory. Bonnet and Yarborough knows the tail in the heart of four. As they come down the line, Benny Parsons will win the Los Angeles Times 500. Here he is taking the checkered flag. Should stay. I would only be in your way. 1992, box office busters Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston were gold on compact disc as the Bodyguard soundtrack and chart-topping single I Will Always Love You sold over 17 million copies. A spotlight ignites a royal curtain as fire breaks out in Windsor Castle, causing extensive damage. Queen Elizabeth II was unharmed. And Bill Elliott had the sizzle in Hotlanta, winning the season finale Hooters 500 as the late Alan Kowicki nabbed the NASCAR Cup Series crown. Bill Elliott has done everything he possibly could do to win the Winston Cup championship, but he will come up a little short. He will win the race as he swings across the line to take the checkered flag. Here comes Alan Kowicki out of turn number four, the new Winston Cup champion. All he needs to do, 200 feet, he does it across the line, and Alan Kowicki has won the Winston Cup championship. Twenty fourteen, not too many haters gonna hate Taylor Swift as the mega hit Shake It Off tops the charts. One World Trade Center officially joins the New York City skyline as the 104-story skyscraper opens for business 13 years after the 9-11 attacks. Jennifer Lawrence treks to District 13 as the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 storms the box office. And Kevin Harvick ruled the Battle Royale at Homestead Miami Speedway, winning the Ford EcoBoost 400 and claiming the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. has a five-car late. Ladies off turn four, headed to the line. He sees the checkered flag waving. He's the winner of the Ford EcoBoost 400, and he is your 2014 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series champ. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. As always, Susie, thank you so much for the checking of the events on the NASCAR history calendar. Our thanks to Rick Hendrick and Cliff Daniels for joining us. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you as well for joining us on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, so long, everybody.
NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.